Section 4 of Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select by Unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Strayed Traveler A traveler hastened back from foreign lands to his native home, and his heart was full of hope and longing, for he had not seen his beloved parents and his dear brothers and sisters for many years. Therefore he made all haste, and the more so the nearer he approached to his journey's end. But while travelling on the mountains, the night overtook him, and it was so dark that he could not see even the staff in his hand. And when he came down from the mountain into the valley, he strayed from the path, and wandered right and left, he knew not where. At last he became much alarmed, and said, sighing, Oh, would that I could meet with a man who might conduct me into the right way! How gratefully should I thank him! While the strayed traveller stood there full of doubt and fear, behold, there glimmered in the distance a flickering light, and its little gleam appeared beautiful to him in the dark night. Blessings upon thee, thou messenger of hope, said he. Thou makest known to me the nearness of my fellow-men. Thy feeble light is more delightful in my eyes than the morning dawn itself. The pilgrim hastened on with vigorous steps towards the place from which the light shone, and he expected every moment to see the man who carried it. In his pursuit of the light, he wandered to the very edge of a precipice. At this moment he heard a voice crying out to him, Stop, or thou art a dead man! He stood and looked around and at last discovered that it was the voice of a fisherman who called to him far below out of his boat. Wherefore, replied he, should I not follow the friendly light? I am a poor wanderer. Friendly light? exclaimed the fisherman. Do you thus call the deluding glimmer which arises from the stagnant marsh and lures the traveller to destruction? Look how unsteadily it flickers, that evil produce of night and darkness. As he thus spoke, the delusive light expired. It was an ignis fatus. The weary pilgrim thanked the fisherman with hearty gratitude for his timely succor. The fisherman answered, No thanks to me, my friend. Should one man see another in danger and not warm him of it, and lead him back to the right way? We have both God to thank. I that he chose to make me the means of doing you a service, and you that it was so ordered that I should be at this hour on the water in my boat. Thereupon the good-natured fisherman left his boat, conducted the bewildered traveller into the right path, and shewed him the way to his home. The latter now walked on with confident steps, and soon among the distant trees he beheld the house-lamp, with its quiet modest shining, doubly dear to him because of the dangers through which he had reached it. He knocked, and the little door was opened, and father and mother and brothers and sisters hung upon his neck and kissed him and wept for joy. The Birds There was once a pretty village which was quite surrounded with various fruit trees. In the springtime all the trees were covered with blossoms, which gave out the most delicious perfume, and their branches, as well as the neighboring hedges, were thronged with singing birds who made their nests there and filled the air with their songs in the autumn the trees were quite loaded with apples pears and other fruits now some bad boys began to rob the birds of their nests 
and so the poor birds by degrees left a place where they were so ill-treated and they were no longer heard singing so beautifully and the place became quite sad and gloomy hurtful insects too which the birds used to devour became very numerous and ate up the leaves and the blossoms of the trees that looked quite bare and naked as if it were winter and now the wicked children that used to get such plenty of fine fruit could have no more for the trees were quite stripped of their former abundance ordained by heaven the laws of nature stand do not disturb them then with impious hand the hunter and his bow a sportsman had once an excellent bow of ebony with which he could shoot very far and with a sure aim and which therefore he greatly esteemed but one day when he happened to look at it attentively he said my good bow you certainly shoot very well and you look too very nice and smooth i think however a little ornament would greatly improve you i will see if i cannot remedy this defect to this end he consulted the best worker in ebony he could hear of and agreed with him that he should carve a picture of a complete chase upon his bow and what could be more appropriate for a huntsman's bow than such a picture the man was delighted thou hast well deserved this ornament my dear bow said he now let me try you he stretched and the bow broke the useful must not be sacrificed to the ornamental had the huntsman not weakened his bow by cutting away so much of the ebony for the sake of the picture his loss would have been avoided a bird in a cage oh who would keep a little bird confined when cowslip bells are nodding in the wind when every hedge as with good morrow rings and heard from wood to grove the blackbird sings oh who would keep a little bird confined in his cold wiry prison let him fly and hear him sing how sweet is liberty the houseless robin in january one when silent snows around are spread of every bird that flies robin is last to go to bed if not the first to rise two in the cold dawn it sits forlorn then chit 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 we hear to bring to its deserted thorn the few friends that are near three this is its morning hymn it says in this cold wintry weather poor friends who wait for better days sing one sad hymn together four happy when age and death appear if some few friends remain life's last cold hours with hymns to cheer till spring's eternal reign the house dog and the poodle house dog bold puppy dare you touch my bones do you not know me my renown frightens the dogs of half the town and sends them off with yelps and groans the terror of the wolf am i and robbers dread my warning cry again i say rash cur beware and touch my dinner if you dare poodle come on and try what you can do i will not stir an inch for you house dog oh if it were not for this chain poodle ay there's the rub that ugly chain the portrait many years ago there lived in a large town a rich merchant who when he died left a great deal of money behind him people knew that he had a son somewhere but he was then gone away on his travels and his features and face were quite forgotten 
in a short time three young men made their appearance each pretending to be the true son and right heir to decide the matter the judge ordered a portrait of the deceased merchant to be brought and said whichever of you can hit with an arrow the mark which i have made on the breast of the portrait will be entitled to the estate so first one shot at it and then another without hitting the mark till it came to the turn of the third who when about to shoot was observed to turn pale and to shed tears throwing down the arrows and saying no i will never aim a blow not even in appearance at the breast of my father i had rather lose the whole estate noble young man exclaimed the judge you are the true son and right heir the others are only impostors for no son would try to pierce the heart of his father though it were only in a picture the wolf turned shepherd a wolf who by his frequent visits to a flock of sheep began to be too well known determined that in order to carry on his depredations more successfully he would appear in a new character to this end he disguised himself in a shepherd's dress and resting his forefeet upon a stick which served him by way of crook he made his approach as quietly as possible towards the fold the shepherd and his dog lay on the grass fast asleep so that he would certainly have succeeded in his project if he had not imprudently attempted to imitate the shepherd's voice the horrible noise which he made awakened them both when the wolf encumbered with his disguise and finding it impossible either to resist or escape yielded himself up an easy prey to the shepherd's dog designing hypocrites frequently lay themselves open to discovery by overacting their parts the cherries sabina had a very nice apartment entirely to herself but the directions and advice of her mother to keep it in order were neglected so that everything was thrown about anyhow and it was always in a litter one afternoon sabina had just finished dressing herself and was going out when a neighbor's daughter brought her a basket of fine cherries as the table and window seat were occupied with various articles of dress there was no room for the basket anywhere but on a chair the cushion of which was covered with blue silk sabina then went out with her mother to take a walk in the village in the evening she came home fatigued with her walk and seated herself in the dusk on the chair with the cherries but soon got up again screaming so loud as to bring her mother with a light to see what was the matter a pretty sight was then seen sabina's new white dress as well as the cover of the chair was all stained with the juice of the cherries which was running down on the carpet her mother reprimanded her sharply for such carelessness saying you now see how necessary it is to have a place for everything and everything in its place and are properly punished by the loss of your gown for the neglect of such a necessary rule by care and order we gain many friends but heedlessness and ruin ever ends End of section 4